so I have a pitch for a movie. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. you've heard about Little Red Riding Hood, right? No. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Maybe once or twice. Okay. Well, it's it's a famous fairy tale. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. So it's so yeah, they're good boys. There's technically a well. There's one. He's okay. kind of a bad boy, uh-huh. I think. Actually, yeah, the, he's more of a bad. It's dog. a fantasy story, yeah. so you know, the, okay, the dogs can be bad in, in fantasy. Okay, but sense. but what if we put more than one dog, right? Oh, all right, yeah. Mm. I mean, if we're gonna go that, fantasy, that's what, that's what people want, right? My fantasy is many dogs. Yes, this is true. Uh huh. Okay. okay, and uh, then they all just pounce, and instead of like killing the grandma, she's like. A porcelain doll, but they pounce on on Little Red Riding Hood, and she just pets a bunch of dogs, and that's the film. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, hi, Gwen. Sorry, should I get you like out of your, your joke again, boys? What joke? I don't know what you're talking about. The, the true horror is not having enough arms to pet all those good dogs. Oh, that was my joke. Yeah. <laughs> we wake I... up screaming, covered in dogs, but you only had covered... two arms the whole time. So instead of I being have covered no in dogs, arms, but you're I covered must pet. in sweat. Yeah. Uh. Like I said, I have no, I have no arms, but I must pet. <laughs> Nobody will know anything more horrific than that. Welcome to Rough Cuts. Werewolves. They're coming. They're coming your way. Dark Lycanthropic Podcast. Goodbye, Werewolf. Fangs for the Memories. A subsidiary of Ruffkins. It's true. Everyone! A young girl feels her soul awakened to the call of emotions she cannot name. This is the Twilight World, where half-forgotten memories of childhood lead into a fantastic realm. Was it a wolf or a man you killed? When I killed it, it was a wolf. It turned into a man. Here, dreams become reality, and our darkest fantasies come true. Worst kind of wolves are hairy on the inside, and when they bite you, they drag you with them to hell. say the Prince of Darkness is a gentleman. Gentlemen always keep their promises. What have you done with my granddaughter? Nothing she didn't want. (laughs) The Company of Wolves, where fairy tales end and nightmares begin. The Company of Wolves. It's fine. I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, just don't worry. Edit around it. It's not my week to edit. It's cool. <laughs> Hi, I'm your host, Ilian. This is my uh, co-host and current editor for this week, Boyks. Hi. <laughs> and uh, we don't need to redo it. He said he'd do it in editing. And then this is our cool special guest, Evolution. Hello. I ruined the take. <laughs> <laughs> you also brought us this movie. Indeed. Yes. Had no, I see- saw this. It was completely random. Yes, I have. Okay, okay. I have seen it once before. Uh, No, I was just basically trolling around Shudder one night, 
And because every now and again, I'll just watch a random movie on Shudder. And I just saw Company of Wolves, Angela Lansbury, David Warner. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I got to watch this shit. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, huh. <laughs> yeah, so this movie has a, a really striking cover. Which yes. is a lady with a wolf mouth coming out of her mouth. So there's a snout. Actually, I think it's thing. the guy. It's the huntsman from the end. Is it the huntsman? Yeah, I, it's yeah the huntsman, it is. Yeah. It's that same shot. Yeah. yeah, it is that same shot. But but that's the striking cover. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. that cover because it was at my local video store in the horror section. Directly next to like Silence of the Lambs in the horror section. And, and a bunch of 80s schlock slasher films. This is right in the middle of them. Right? So, and it had a big horror sticker on it. It's like, this is a horrific tale. A terrible (laughs) film of terror and scares. Well, to be fair, we'll get to the transformations. Yes. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, my one concession to that is that the visuals in this can be pretty awful. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes there's a cute duck. Sometimes there's a terrifying transformation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's it's a a movie of extreme, I think, is what we're getting at here. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, The Company of Wolves. It's a film that we watched. How's it going? This this one's tough because it's kind of like... It's a bunch of vignettes. Yeah, it's it's an anthology film in disguise, is what it is. Hmm. It's an... Yeah, it's an anthology film in disguise where there's... A girl that is having a nap. She's sulking in her room in modern day. Dreaming about her sister being torn apart by wolves. Dreaming about her sister being torn apart by wolves. There's a great shot that I noticed right early on where she's been... She fell asleep reading, like, a horror anthology. And the cover of it has, like, a woman, like, reclined, kind of, like, screaming with, like, her arm up. And she's sleeping... With her arm up in, like, a similar pose. And I'm like, okay, that's, yeah. I believe the, the title was The Shattered Dream, I think, something like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah that so was indeed the title. that's also ironic. Yeah. 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 There's lots of little things like that. This is, it's, uh, you're saying that it's an, an anthology movie. It is also very, very much a movie that's, like, it, it's got the same style and tone as, say, a... Death of a Salesman, Glenn Gary, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where it mm-hmm. is very much like a stage play put to film. Yes, less cursing than Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, though. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot that has the same amount of cursing as Glenn Gary, Glenn does. Ross. Thanks, David Mamet. So, <sighs> with another anthology movie like Creep Show, mm-hmm. uh, they it doesn't really get tied together in Creep Show. I think is it Creep Show two that has the comic book though that they kind both of ties do. it together they, both they do. do okay because mm-hmm. it tries to tie it together into one story but in this story the characters are being told stories from other characters and those are the vignettes within yeah. the dream that she's having within so a get, dream we got layers yeah. and layers and layers and layers mm-hmm. and sometimes a dream within her dream within her dream <laughs> And sometimes she's telling the story in her dream to another person that's in her dream. Yeah, sometimes a dog. <laughs> so, so like it's it's really confusing to figure out where we are and when. Sometimes, as far as the main yes. plot goes, when Satan pulls up in his Rolls Royce, which we'll get to as well, that also confuses things a little. 
his his like 1760 Rolls Royce. Let's yeah, yeah. make sure that we understand where we are. Yeah, because most sure. of the film takes place in a little medieval like village. Maybe medieval. It's very anachronistic medieval. It's the 19th. What? But it, it's, it's oh no no I got it I got it I understand so. it's 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 Ren Fair medieval. Yeah. This yeah. film is very much a, a Ren Fair film for good portions of it. Hey, listen, we've all been through, like, the German Black Forest, where it's got lots of baby tarantulas, boa constrictors, <laughs> weasels, minks, iguanas, gigantic mushrooms, you know, Bunnies, the regular things that you find yeah. there. Well, again, yeah. you just, it's, you, you don't want to buy real estate in Mirkwood. I, I don't feel it's the best. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they're living in the Lord of the Rings world. Yeah, no, it it's literally Mirkwood. It's literally, like, the first time you see the place yeah. where this village is, it's covered in gigantic spider webs, which are never really paid off beyond the tiny tarantulas we see. No. Which, the tiny tarantulas, they just kind of brush aside, like, yeah, fucking spider, get out of here. And they have, like, a gigantic, it's all very fantastical. Like, there's gigantic mushrooms mm-hmm. all over the floor, forest that are bigger than people. All of the, every single tree is one of those, like, gnarled, weird old trees covered in moss. And it's always night. There's no such thing as day. Like, it's, even when it's day, quote-unquote, it's basically dark. It's a Soulsborne yeah, movie. It's a Soulsborne. Soul well, what I was trying to think of is a lot of the set design looks like it's out of an old Universal Monster movie. Like, mm-hmm. the, the 40s or the 30s. The old black and whites. With the sets, the only difference is you don't get to see like the wooden <laughs> boards. Although we did, we did get a uh, a cemetery scene. We did, which we did. Like it had wooden cut out, you know, <laughs> graves, uh, gravestones. But um, it, it all is very classic monster movie fantasy with yeah the giant mushrooms yeah, the, and everything. Yeah, the rear projected it, full moon in the distance, mm-hmm. which I suppose gives you like a, a storybook feel that they're kind of going for. Yeah, I think the visual style of this movie is probably its strongest point. Yeah, now the messaging in this movie is maybe not its strongest point. It's kind of all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's got some progressive ideas, but some regret. It, it's. <sighs> I'm not sure what it's going for. In, this is a film class study kind of mm-hmm. a movie where I'm pretty sure you could read a lot of things into it, and you could also, and some of them would be intended, and some of them wouldn't be, and, like, there's a lot to read out of this and a lot to read into it. It's very vague on a lot of what it's actually trying to say, which is why I was saying I think the visual style is almost stronger than anything else. Well, the original writer was a woman named Angela Carter. Uh, I just pulled mm-hmm. up her wiki real quick, just yeah. to, for a, it's yeah, English novelist, short story. Uh, basically, she's known for feminist, magical realism, and picaresque works. Yeah, yeah. feminist I mean, for it, the time, I would say. But yes, the, the story's about a, a woman, you know, coming of age, reaching womanhood, mm-hmm. and that's that's playing a big part into the story. Yeah, uh, it's an extended like Little Red meeting, Riding Hood. Meeting men, getting into sexuality, that type of Wait, stuff. Wait, there's stuff like... What are you talking about? There's nothing like that in this movie. There's just like that montage of the white flower blooming and then a yeah. red drop hitting it. It and could it's be slowly anything. expanding. It could be anything. I think that, that has nothing to do with anything that you're it could talking be anything. about. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we gotta yeah. We got to call George O'Keefe about this. <laughs> the, the, the other important things to remember is don't leave the path. Don't stray from the path. Oh, Always follow God. Never open your legs. 
the path the path is not the eyebrows across a man's forehead because it's that path has to be broken you cannot have a single path if there is somebody with a unibrow they're absolutely a fucker <laughs> sorry any unibrow havers in the audience today that is this film is not for is you literally stated <laughs> this I thought that literally was a joke. says do not believe people with a unibrow they're liars mm-hmm. and cheats don't stray from the path, girl. Never trust a man whose eyebrows meet. They're probably you were a werewolf. joking when it first showed up, and then, like, they actually followed through on that. That was legitimately a lesson in this movie. <laughs> it's I, I learned that. Yeah, I learned that. I Never cannot believe the they actually... Well, like, because the grandma's like, oh, don't trust men with unibrows, and it's kind of a throwaway line, like, where you think it's a bit of a joke, and, like, Boyk started laughing about it and made a little joke about it. Oh, no. And then the rest of the movie, like, yeah, every single, like, Urchin said, like, every single evil person in this movie is a guy with a unibrow, all of them. That is, Or a woman with a unibrow. Well, she's not really evil, I guess, at the end. Uh, No, no, but but she is a wolf. She is a wolf who crawled out of the hell well. That they drink from. What is up with the hell well? Can yeah, we let's talk, talk about, about the hell. hell well yeah, let's talk about the hell well. <laughs> so, <laughs> talk about the hell well. So the the village is in the middle of Berkwood, covered in spider webs, and in the center of the village is a mechanical steampunk well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a toilet. Like let's and, be honest. It's, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's a, a well, toilet. but it's a bird toilet. No, they drink from it, but it's definitely a toilet well, and. It's always covered in birds and bird shit, and they're constantly grabbing buckets of water from it. And then later on, we find out that the werewolves crawl out of the well and go back into it because it leads to hell. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be some pretty sulfury damn water, I imagine. It's, it's got a, a little bit of a rotten egg stink around the village. I, I well, mean, That was like a story within a story within a story within her dream. <laughs> So was it real that the wolf came out of the well, or was know. it Maybe was it a, it a a hallucination from all the bird shit that they're drinking? Well, the wolf slash cat's cast member, one of the two. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that that lady dressed up as the wolf was prancing around like uh, oh god, what was her name? Uh, um, Anima or something from uh, uh, the Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. Oh, oh God! Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, Anima. Anima was her name. Yeah, yeah. Anim- Animalia. 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 That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Animalia. Be quiet. Well, I don't mean stop breathing, but don't exactly do a big dance number either. <laughs> now that's almost exactly the kind of thing I was saying you shouldn't do. Seriously, Pammy, I don't know if I can do science with you dancing like that. Please stop. Rower. Prancing about in a leotard. Like, although she's naked <laughs> yes. in this movie, but, you know. This, 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 this film, as you might have noticed, is very tough to talk about plot-wise. Yes. Because it, it's hard to go from beginning lines. to end. There, it, yeah, it doesn't really have a through line. Just sort of things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we could talk about each vignette. There's five of them that I count. That's true. Yeah, there are. Yeah. There are. So, like, it, it starts off with our main character, Rosaline, uh, sleeping in her Which bed. Which version of her? <laughs> okay. the, modern day, her modern day. The 1980s okay. Rosaline. Okay. And and then she gets transported back in time to the far past year of 1982. But not before we see her upsetting doll collection. Sorry, I just want oh, to bring yeah. that up Why real quick. Oh, yeah, why does she have so many fucking creepy dolls? <laughs> Every kind of creepy doll you can imagine. This girl's got it. Like... 
It's like they went to the thrift store. Like, that's a creepy doll we need. That's a creepy doll we need. That is exactly what they did. No, I'm sure that's exactly (laughs) what they did for this movie. Yeah. Somebody went around to... There was some PA or whatever that was running around to every fucking flea market in the area to find the creepiest dolls possible. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are really gross because they're like stuffed dolls. Like missing a nose and painted on mouth and stuff. Like the the Pillsbury sack boy or whatever that yeah, one was. Yeah, that, that one's weird. But <laughs> mm-hmm. so she, she's sleeping in bed. Her sister's harassing her and calling her a pest. So she imagines in this dream that her sister went into the woods, met a bunch of really cute dogs that really wanted pets with waggly tails mm-hmm. uh, that were really excited to see her. And then she she died because she was so scared she couldn't pet all the dogs. Mm-hmm. And she would rather die than not be able to do that. Which, you know, fair, I agree. Yeah. I can't pet this many dogs! Oh no! <laughs> I only have two hands! I only have two hands! No! Oh, that is a horror. So that's the first vignette. It was a monkey's paw kind of situation <laughs> where you're like, I wish that there were I wish that there were dogs that I could pet, and then there are too many dogs for your poor hands. <laughs> it it does need to be noted though that this is it's supposed to be like a pack of wolves, but every mm. single time this movie tries to do a pack of wolves, it is always just the happiest, nicest looking good boys you can imagine. Undercuts anything the film is trying to do, but you know what? I think we're okay with that. It's all like yeah, fluffy that's... German shepherds and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's the trick with a lot of these movies. There's very, very few that we've seen where they do a horde of wild dogs, like whether it's dogs or any pretty much any of those kinds of movies it's always really really happy tail waggy dogs that you can tell and they're like oh it's a bunch of wolves and they all jump on somebody and you can tell that it's like as if they had like a ball or a treat in their hand like Mm -hmm, you just got mm -hmm. mauled by a bunch of them because they're all just you know giving you licks and stuff never ever does it seem scary the one exception to that was the pack and that was because it was legitimately mm. dangerous. Because <laughs> they, they actually put dogs. their their actors in danger. Yes. Yes. Well, because good. The, that do- those dogs were way too overexcited, <laughs> and they very legitimately were destroying that car. <laughs> was it a Was it Deadly Eyes, the rat movie? Yes. I think. Yeah. So so that one had um, wiener dogs in rat costumes, mm-hmm. and the wiener dogs would constantly okay. run up and be like, "Oh my god, it's a human! I love them." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and swarm them. Yeah, they, and, and they've never been playing, able to like, do a terrifying horde. music. Yeah, yeah, they're never able to do a horde of them because every single time you have to get a bunch of happy dogs because you don't want to put your actors actually yeah. in danger or hurt any dogs. This has a, a Night of the Lepus problem mm-hmm, where yes. you can't just put a bunch of cute animals on screen and then no. make them scary. Not even if you slow them no, down. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> but okay, so that that's the first vignette. The second vignette is uh, Rosaline is talking to her grandma. Who is never explained, but we think she's a witch or something. She's Angela Lansbury. That's all we need she's to know. Just, she's just Angela Lansbury. I don't... Yeah. She is um, definitely a witch. She has a... Okay. Oh, yeah. To put it in context as to why you'd think that she's a witch and why you're saying that is that she's the granny in the woods and she's all by herself and she's kind of telling all these parables. But also, she has a mink, like, shawl. Mm-hmm. But it's alive. It and turns an alarm and system. hisses. Yeah, it turns and hisses at dangers, like when the English boa constrictor tries to get them in the woods, and the mink just, like, 
But it's a very obviously a stuffed mink. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. shown that she's maybe mystical, magical in some ways. Like, maybe not a witch, but she has some kind of but power. It's she never explained, witch. so, like, it no. just happens, and I don't get it. Maybe it's part of the dream world. Maybe. You'd, yeah, you'd think maybe it'd explain if something happens later, but then she just never shows up again after that. No. So. <laughs> I, but, I so... feel like that that is done... Sorry, I apologize for taking mm-hmm. so much of this. I think that uh, a lot of that is because she kind of tells Rosaline about the she tells her the parable about the that I think you're going to get into where there's the dogs and the like the well Rosaline tells the story but she said the grandma said it where eventually there's like a the French scene and it's about a woman who takes her power back and goes out as a witch in the mm-hmm. woods and has all of these dogs around her. And I, I feel like the grandma's role in this, in a lot of ways, is to kind of be this empowering figure for her. It's it's so, all vague, kind of hmm. half well, read in things. Actually, hold on a moment. Is it possible hmm. that grandma was the woman? I I'm just thinking about that. The woman, yeah, the one I in the well. Kind... No, 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 no. The, the woman at the party. The woman at the party. At the party. As, yes. Like her yeah, younger. The... As the witch. Yeah. I, I wonder if that was the implication. I think that it kind of is. Uh, and if not, that that's the implication that she's that style of figure. Like, yeah. she is... She's an old, wise woman in the woods who kind of has... She doesn't have a man with her, so she's empowered by herself. And she's protected, right? Like, she has some kind of magical abilities or powers, like with the minks and stuff like that. Well, okay, so let's get into that dream then. That's yes, not the one I was going to sure, talk about. I guess. So I, let's yeah, get I know. Into that I, one. We, 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 uh, there, it doesn't really matter the order you talk about them, really. So. No, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how themes. much Elyon's been day drinking. But let's move on. I want to talk about the themes of this movie. It's got interesting themes, okay? It's a vibe movie. What a vibe. That's the whiskey talking. So... So dream four, we'll skip ahead, is the dream where, yeah, so I think it was the grandma telling her about this. Oh, it was, or was, it was Rosaline. T- it was Rosaline telling to her mother. Telling her mother. That's what it was. Okay. As so a story from her grandma. Yes. There, yeah. There's a f- bunch of French aristocrats having a very French wedding Oh, it's not really French. They're British in French Eng- cosplayers. In England with their boiled... <laughs> Chicken and water. <laughs> that's how you know they're mm-hmm. British. <laughs> yep. That's also that's the all whole. They they're, they're doing this. They look like French aristocrats, but they're all speaking in English accents. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Uh, so they're all all. We're French. As one lady's like chomping on a chicken leg. Oh, she loves that fucking chicken leg. And then a pregnant lady who's Scottish wanders in. And she's like, oh, uh, I wasn't good enough for you. And you decided to get married to someone else instead of me. Oh, I see how it is. And and the moral here is what she says to them, which is, I think the wolves in the forest are more decent than the rich. I would rather get ripped apart and mm-hmm. eaten by wolves which you know, than what you did to me. <laughs> I yep. agree. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The wolves in the forest are more decent. So then she's a witch, apparently. Yes. 
So she uses her magic to break a mirror that turns everybody in the party who's rich into a wolf. And by wolf, I mean a very cute dog. With the fun transformation very sequence cute. with a lot of really cool shots in the mirror, though, that was nice. Like the yeah. broken mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Broken mirror. Yeah. There's a lot of distorted faces that are like half transformed with, with muzzles and and uh, paws and things like that. But at the end, it's just That's, a bunch of cute dogs yeah. in dresses. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like, also want to say though that it's really smart to do those kinds of effects in the mirror also because it's all rubber suit monster yeah. kind of stuff yeah. and if you just show it plain in the light of day it looks terrible yeah. but it looks really good when you do it in this weird distorted way in the mirror because you can't see all the imperfections or if you do it's because it's a shattered mirror right like yeah. it, it, it hides it really well it's a smart way to do it and, and they the have to save time... a little bit of budget the whole time she's laughing. <laughs> As they're all transforming. And then all the, the servants behind them are also like smirking and laughing while uh, loving this uh, shit. While a three piece string like Yes. Yeah, classic band playing. is still just they're still just yep. playing. Hey, the we, they were music. they were paid to do their work. They're not gonna stop for anything. Although no, I, I don't know what the hell the rich get into. I don't Halfway through this scene, I remember Boyks was like, what the fuck is happening with this music? Because it goes from classical music, and then it transitions to modern, like, I mean, not modern, but, like, late 1800s circus music? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then it transitions back to classical? It's, this movie, again, this is a vibes movie. Fuck my supposed day drinking, which I have not done. Slander. Uh- One of the few criticisms I would have is, again, yeah, the audio mixing. I don't know if it's Shudder or what, oh, but God, the yeah. soundtrack was just overpowering everything. It, yeah, yes. that could be a Shudder problem. That could be for sure. But at the end, uh, she mm. walks up, like, all the all the dogs leave. They're not yes. wolves. They're dogs. They all leave. <laughs> and then she goes and has a laugh with the servants, and they all eat the rest of the food. Good and pop a cork. They even have and the sound of work. Hell yeah. Like, uh, yeah, they have gone. The we yeah. did it. We've yeah. eaten the and, rich. <laughs> and and of course the moral of this story is that then when she has a child, she brings it up to an actual tree, to the top of the tree, and rocks mm-hmm. it there because the wolves are there to serenade her and her baby. And I don't know what the fuck that meant, but <laughs> she's just She's just uh, styling on him at that point, really. I, I was on board with the down with the aristocrats, because they're fucking evil demon wolves. Uh, but I don't know what the hell the baby of the tree thing was about. Further, we may see that the ship is religion, and the shipwright is Richard Dawkins. The crewmates are empiricism, and the barnacles are neoplatonism. And the captain of that ship was Albert Einstein. What the hell was I talking about? So yeah, that's where like, they lost what, me. Like Urchin said, it was her teabagging them afterwards. Yes, that is literally what it is. That is it. Yeah, that was literally <laughs> I, what it was, yeah. I think there were many times in this in this movie where characters are like, yeah, it was just a skill issue. They just had to be Oh, back. God, Hans, yes. That's yeah. why I think this is a Soulsborne movie. Everyone's saying, get uh-huh. good. Oh, my God. Like, right away... Sorry, I just need to go to my be- my personal uh-huh. favorite skill issue one, which is 
right after her sister gets mauled in the woods, because that's actually canonical in this village kind of thing, is like yes. then she goes and visits her grandma, and it's like, oh, her parents are sad and grieving because her sister died. And she goes, oh, well, you know, you need to learn all about the ways of the world. Let me tell you all these stories because otherwise you'll get, you'll stray from the path. Don't stray from the path. You'll, you can't go into the woods. And she goes, and you need to learn a lot of things about the woods. Otherwise you'll end up like your sister. She didn't know anything. <laughs> and this like, just starts dunking on the sister about like, skill issue, baby. <laughs> Don't take on so something you have to learn otherwise you'll end up like your poor dear sister yeah so the grandma's doing that but then rosaline also asks well why didn't she just save herself oh and yeah that was great <laughs> your only sister all alone in the wood and nobody there to save her poor little lamb why couldn't she save herself yeah yeah why why did she not just pull her by bootstraps you know why, Come why on. didn't you just parry you idiot <laughs> <laughs> there's oh. some really great moments of like i don't know if i were attacked by a whole pack of wolves i just wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i would i would simply swim out of the sub but <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck it oh god yeah but okay so that was dream number four let's go back to dream yes. number two okay sorry a yeah, earlier in the movie so mm. um Another one of uh, Grandma's tales is about how wolves are hairy on the inside. Yeah, it's a common arc phrase in the film. The worst kind of wolves are hairy on the inside. And when they bite you, they drag you with them to hell. What do you mean, hairy on the inside? Like a furry coat? Hush now, foolish child. Which I guess is to mean something like pretty on the outside, but evil on the inside, like... They're all platitudes or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, these are all moral parables in different ways. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a woman with extremely poofy hair, like from the animated film Brave. Yeah, oh my god, yes. It's so much. You could hide <laughs> with, so much crap in there. Same with the Scottish woman from the True. last one. As I mentioned sure. earlier, werewolves seem to have a type. They, they like blue-eyed redheads with gigantic hair. They yes. Do. Also, <laughs> yeah. all of the boys too have like afros. Like everybody has like this huge curly. Oh hair yeah, the, the, the Hobbit Sean Penn Amherst boy. That's right. He did have that going on, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, there's that's... a Hobbit boy. Right. That's true. Second uh, dream. Go ahead. Sorry, boys. We've all been drinking. So <laughs> <laughs> coffee, drinking coffee. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, she also warns her about the unibrows and the groom. Uh, and by she, I mean the the grandma to Rosaline, not the lady getting married. But the lady getting married is getting married to a unibrow. A traveling man. Yeah. He's the traveling a, man. A traveling unibrow. And <laughs> that's the main thing he sells is his unibrow. And they're about to have the sex. Yep. Uh, but then he, he sits on, on a hedgehog or he steps on a hedgehog. Mm-hmm. This is a hedgehog. Don't worry about it. I love, I love that this is... <laughs> Sorry, I just love describing this movie because it's so such fucking nonsense. 
Go ahead. So yeah. In, yeah, yeah. In the dream, she talks to her dream grandma after her dream sister was mauled while her real life sister is alive. And in the uh-huh. parable, parable, we're about to have sex with him. The guy steps on a hedgehog. Go ahead. Yeah, and then yeah we're all pee, on the same yeah. page. Yeah, and, and then Freddy Krueger shows up and he turns into a cartoon superhero as the cartoon man tries to fight. Wait, no, that's Dream Warriors. My bad. So... <laughs> As after he steps on a hedgehog, he gets mad, so he goes to throw the hedgehog outside through the front door. But it's a full moon, so his eyes start turning, and he tells his bride, I gotta go take a piss. <laughs> I can't talk right now. I'm making piss. Well, he says he feels the call of nature, but yeah, yeah. And yeah. his eyes are all obviously fucked up because he's transforming into a werewolf. So then he leaves to pee, and... Uh-huh. Seven hours later, his bride's like, oh, he's been pissing a long time. <laughs> Should I look for him? Eh, nah, I'm just going to feed my hedgehog. <laughs> and so in the morning, they send out a search party, I guess, and they don't really mm-hmm. find anything except a, a wolf print. So then it fast forwards, and yeah. she's had three children. From some other are, man. Those kids are unhappy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, God. And whatever kids they got to put on screen, they are just... They're not actors. They're just somebody's kids they put no, on screen. No, all these little babies that are just screaming. Yeah. yeah these, aren't, these aren't child actors or anything. These are just... Let's put some kid on screen. If it whines and bitches, we'll just be assholes to the That's kid. That's perfect. For a bit. Yeah. While she drags her potato peeling knife directly at her baby. Directly at its face. Yes. <laughs> Very dangerous. Yeah, you can and, see, like, Mary from accounting, like, gnawing her nails in the background of this scene, <laughs> watching, like, please don't hurt me. Can you not Sorry. do that with my kid, baby? <laughs> yep. And and then the the pissing groom, which is his name, that's what it is in the credits, mm-hmm. comes back. And he's and... like, oh my god, that was a good piss. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. So, what have you been up to while I was taking that piss, huh? You'll never believe the relief I feel. Holy shit. (laughs) Hey, where'd these fucking kids come from? What the hell? Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, literally. God, he's so pissed that she had kids when he was gone for like five years. Yeah, Mm. he's like, how dare you leave me after I abandoned you to pee in the woods? And he gets mad and starts attacking her, so then she... Well, he transforms in a a Mm -hmm. grotesque... Awful, awful transformation. Yeah, just rules. peeling all of his own skin off. Like, it's just... Ha- having watched the movie up to this point, you're not expecting anything like this. No. Because it's no. just... It's not that kind of film. And then suddenly, there's a guy just, like, on screen, just full on, not, not like, in shadow, not, like, implied. No, he's just ripping all of his own flesh off. It's, turning it's into like, a skeleton. Or not, or not even a skeleton. It's, like, an anatomical, an anatomical model, because you can see all the muscles. Yeah, you yes. can see the muscles and fibers. It's kind of like the Howling 4 transformation, with all the yeah. gross, gross satanic, like, ripping the of skin flesh. skin bubbling mm-hmm. off. But, yes. but, it, but it's yeah. also kind of like the thing, where you see, like, gross muscle, mm-hmm. like, dog parts coming out of a body. Yes, yeah, because, like, they have... They, they do a lot of this specific thing, although in different ways in the transformations where, like, a mouth opens and another mouth kind of comes mm-hmm. out and becomes the snout. And they do that kind of thing here, too, where he, like, kind of screams and then his mouth just elongates. 
and he's all weird muscle and eyes and it's it's incredible it's a really neat transformation there's some cool visual effects in this movie oh did i mention the transformation this film are actually oh, fucking God. badass <laughs> hell yeah I think this might finally have topped the human suit. Oh. Being a werewolf in this world fucking sucks. Yeah. So after the transformation, the husband comes home, and and what happens, Urgent? What what does he do? <laughs> So, he sees what's happening before him, and quite sensibly, I, I might add, he uh, he goes ahead and grabs, the, you know, his handy little headsman's axe that he has, which I thought was a shovel, thank you for correcting me, Ilion, and uh, just lops the motherfucker's head off, just says, cuts it right off, and it falls right into the milk pail. That axe does not look sharper than a shovel, oh, no. by the way, no, so it, you were it's fair dull. to think that. Were, <laughs> werewolves are very, very fragile in this movie, they're not actually very threatening. <laughs> Like no. my favorite, my favorite part is he walks in the door. He looks at the scene for like a second. He's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's huh? He just casually grabs the axe. He's like, "Oh, I guess I'm gonna behead this guy." I don't know. And uh, we're not quite done yet, though, because after he does that, and the and the head falls in, then of course the head turns back into a human head, as you'd expect mm-hmm. with a werewolf. And she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh no, this was my ex. This was my old husband, or whatever." And the other guy just looks at her, just fucking slaps her in the face. It's like, yeah, come so, on, like, what the fuck, dude? Is he the wolf now? Is he I, evil inside? I I'm don't not know what sh- any of this means. I, I'm not sure. Sh- I, I think the film is just saying that men suck. I think that was it. I, I think the <laughs> the message yeah. of that dream was men are assholes. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that was it. Yeah. I think that's a message of a lot of the dreams, and it's not wrong. Yeah. 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 But so that that's dream two. Uh, dream three, Grandma's telling Rosaline uh, another story, but this one's about cool stuff. Yeah. Instead of, you know, a warning. This one's, hey, if you're ever walking around in the woods, don't stray from the path, because you'll be like this random boy who found drugs. And by drugs, oh. I mean the devil rolled up in his Rolls Royce. The devil Holy played by Terrence shit, Stamp. Right? We should mention Terrence Stamp. Another, yep. mm-hmm. God, this film's cast is ridiculous. Yeah, but oh, yeah. it's, it's cool There's because... like four Academy Award winners. <laughs> they've been showing uh, a lot of, like, wolf eyes in the woods to, to light up, to make them look scary. Mm-hmm. And they do a similar thing here where they do, like, the wolf eyes. They're like, wait, that's just car headlights. What? Yeah. And then it and then slowly the car comes into up. focus and it's a car, yeah. It's yeah, a fucking yeah. fancy-ass Rolls Royce. Like, that is a nice car. But... Uh-huh. The way they shoot it implies the same way that they shot the eyes previously. So it's actually, like, really yes. clever. Yeah, it was, it was, oh, a, yeah, it was a good absolutely. shot. Very good shot. Yeah. The, again, the visual language and cinematography of this movie is almost unimpeachable in my mind. Like, it's fucking fantastic. I kind of want yeah. to look up the cinematographer for this film, honestly. Because it's, it's, it's beautifully shot. Like, it... It's done kind of stage play esque, and you could have oh 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 fuck that, oh fuck. But... Guess guess what other film Brian Loftus was the cinematographer. You know what other film he did? Hmm. Two thousand one is Space Odyssey. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, no, this it's... guy was legit. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think that this vi- film is visually enthralling, personally. I-, I thought that it was stunning. Yeah, but, so the devil hands him a drug in a little vial, mm-hmm. and then just drives off, and the the boy, or the guy, is a teenager, I guess, uh, he looks grabs... at this liquid. Uh-huh. Yeah, Grab he does the, the only liquid. thing you would do with a liquid. Vic's vape, it's, Vic, it's Vic's vapor rub, guys, I'm telling you. He rubs it all over his chest, which causes him to go through yeah. puberty. Mm-hmm. Which is what Vic's vapor rub does. Like, like an accelerated <laughs> puberty. You know, they say, put some hair on your chest. That's I, I don't think then, they literally mean... And then vines on your legs. Yeah, I. What was up with the vines? I don't, I don't know. That's a very confusing bit. Like the rest it was of like an evil werewolf, dead sure. vine too. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. He doesn't really turn to a werewolf either. He just gets a little bit of hair on his chest, and then he starts screaming and going like, "No, no!" And that's kind of it. This one was the weirdest one. And for yeah, he me. shows up in, in Rosaline's mirror at the end of it. So maybe he turned to a werewolf after that. Maybe he just woke he up. Or, uh, yeah, he does. What What was the message? Was it don't that, do drugs? Was it drugs are cool? I, it, yeah, I think it's if Terrence Stamp rolls up in his Rolls Royce and offers you drugs, take them. You'll but be, not your skin. Ask him how to actually take yeah, exactly, them. Exactly, exactly. Rub it on that, your fucking chest. You're right. That That's the thing. He didn't ask, that and that's why this happened. That was the mistake. Yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. Yeah. That makes a lot of if sense. If somebody's going to give you some kind of research chemical named, like, ZX-77, you've got to know what to do with that thing. You can't just start rolling I, in it. Maybe the message is that the amorous boy is going through puberty and he's going to be interested in her. Because that's led into the amorous boy. Sure. But it's not the, the same person. No, it's not the same person. And he no, up, but it was a very similar looking boy. Yeah, we thought it, it was, was him initially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With a haircut. We're like, why did he get a haircut between scenes? Like, yeah. his hair's all different. It's it's weird. But this one, yeah. My theory is that that was supposed to be a a bit of a foretelling of this amorous boy going after Rosaline. And he's I going definitely don't have a better So theory. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah, my I... best guess. Does the does the graveyard scene happen after that? I'm trying to remember where that falls in the film. Because that wasn't graveyard, really like a... Graveyard's pretty late. Pretty yeah, late graveyard was movie. really late. Um, yeah. what, what happened after that is that the amorous boy and Rosaline go running in the woods, and then Rosaline climbs up a tree at the end of a rainbow. We have not been drinking. This all sounds like a fucking shit pose. It's it's a stage lit tree at the end of a rainbow, and mm-hmm. after she climbs up the tree, she finds a stork's nest. Oh God, this bit with yeah. eggs in it and a mirror, and then she grabs the mirror and put lipstick on because she's growing into adulthood, just like the boy in the dream previously was growing through puberty. Well, and also they're going through the woods because it's basically like their first date kind of thing. Like, he gives her flowers to ask her to go in the woods and all this kind yeah. of stuff. And then she's like, oh, if you catch me, I'll give you a kiss. Like, it's it's very much the... It's they're flirting. Starting, they're getting yeah. ready to have sex and and of course at the top of the tree in the stork's nest she finds eggs that hatch into tiny little babies like human babies yeah yes very distressing little babies but but the weirdest thing the weirdest thing is that Mm -hmm. she takes the baby home the the Uh little tiny plastic baby yes that that she got out of like a, a i don't know 
one of those twenty five cent yeah. like. <laughs> No, she got you get them out of it's not out of a gotcha pond. You get them out of the Stork's egg, yeah, obviously, exactly. at the Stork's top egg. of rainbow trees yeah, but in the she black show, forest. She shows up because boy, because their parents not have the talk with you. <laughs> no, I have the talk. The birds oh, okay. and the wolves. I have this. <laughs> but so, <laughs> what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the little plastic baby, the plastic baby, and she goes home. Right. It, so the plastic baby is Albert Einstein. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> the stork is capitalism. Okay, and the snow was Richard Dawkins. I think it's the all metaphors. You see, uh-huh. but she takes the plastic baby home after they everybody in the village was worried that she was found by wolves. And, yeah, and she, was she was dead, missing, and and yeah. she's not. She's fine, but she just has a plastic baby now that she shows her mom. Like she's uh-huh. like, "Hey, mom, look what I found!" And the mom's like. <gasps> That's my plastic baby. Yeah. Oh, you found yay. it. And like smiles and basically like claps. Like she's like so overjoyed to see this little plastic baby being unfurled. I, I also want to mention the one thing that you missed about that is that when she opens up her hands to show her the plastic baby, the plastic baby drops a single tear. <laughs> mm-hmm, it sure does. <laughs> it cries. Sure does. A very oily I, looking tear. Was, yeah. was that like a Mother Mary, like, crying? <sighs> this is a Hideo Kojima movie is what this is. <laughs> yeah, what, was that like the, Wolf the Mary branding? statue cl- crying oil? Like, what was that? I don't... That had to have some religious meaning, but... Maybe? Maybe. Let me. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh, um. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I... What? I'm gonna admit, I don't quite follow that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I don't get it. it. Again, it's all... This is... This is an art film is what this is <laughs> this is very much an art film and i i personally really really liked that about it but mm. also if you were if you want to watch a movie with a comprehensible plot <laughs> and visual language that's just going to tell you what it's about in any way this is the wrong fucking film because none of it actually makes any sense really oh, no. the wrong because... podcast for that too honestly given what we yes <laughs> It's layers and layers and layers of bullshit. Like, it's... like, every stage just has random animals, too. Like, like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Every but scene I, has a different animal. I don't know why it. there's, like, a toad in this scene, a pigeon in this scene, a bunny in this scene. Well, the pigeon's like... there to shit in the well. well if if yeah, there's a bird yeah, in the movie, their makes... purpose is shit in the well. That makes sense. Most of them shit in the well, yeah. But like, a, there is something up with the frog, by the way. I don't know what like, the frog yeah, I don't is know a, what it a metaphor is. for. Because the, the frog first shows up when the sister's having her funeral, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's just a frog on top of her coffin as they're, like, shoveling dirt into the hole. Yeah, it and, shows up a little before that and, like, hops in and then they're shoveling it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it shows up later on the log when, like, Rosaline's running through the forest, I think, or something. And then it shows up again and again. Just, what, yeah, like, what is what is it just a fairy tale is it just like this is a fairy tale thing I, I don't know i don't know i don't know like that's the thing the the frog feels like it has some kind of significance because there's animals in almost every scene 
but the frog is the same frog and it keeps showing up and it's always like zoomed in really on like it's like a focal point and i don't know what the fuck they're going for with it like yeah i don't i might, don't know what the significance of a toad would be there yeah the honestly no honestly the answer to it might just be like you said ah it's a cool fairy tale thing just throw it in yeah. there like it's it's so hard to tell how much of it is like on purpose metaphor and how much of it you're supposed to read into or not like it's it's a it, fantastical it be, journey. Might be part of the dream sequence they're trying to set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, okay. So the the fifth dream is the classic fairy tale. Yeah. Of do you want to go into that? Because there's also where after the Rosalind and Amherst boy, then there's the whole thing with where they're trying to trap the wolf. Yes. Oh yeah, they do catch the wolf. We can go into that. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, because there's yeah. So basically, at the end, the during that whole sequence, they also find a cow dead. Which one mm-hmm. of the villagers is far more upset about that than the potential that the girl might be eaten by a wolf. But, you know, he- you know, look, daughters are one thing, but heifers are another, as he says. Oh, that's because the amorous <laughs> boy was following Rosaline, who was going in. Like, was she going to go into the woods or was this before? No, no, this is when they went on their little date in the woods and she ran away. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, gotcha. They, they okay. have a fight afterwards because the dad's mad the son left his daughter in the woods. The, yeah. uh, David Warner uh, mm-hmm. a brawl happens. Yeah, David Which Warner every film needs. Fight. God, I love David Warner. <laughs> but once they hey, establish that she shows up and she's fine, it's like, oh, we got to catch that damn wolf. Better get the goose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They just kind of like set up a pit trap, like a tiger pit, which are illegal. And then <laughs> they catch the wolf and every individual person in the town. Park Ranger comes the through and finds every single one of these villagers. How dare you? This is a... You can't do this trapping. Do you, do you have a license for that? <laughs> you can't just... And it turned yeah. out he should have because they didn't practice hunter safety because it turned out when they uh, chopped his hand off, it turned into a man. Uh. So they killed a person. Yeah, and, the hands then, of Manos. Yeah. <laughs> then they... they yeah, then the David Warner chucks the hand in the fireplace and you think that ring's going to mean something and then it never does. No, yeah, so there's like a big <laughs> aquamarine ring on this hand, which in theory should have significance to a character that we know, but it doesn't. No, it's just Not there. as far as I knew, yeah. I don't remember yeah. that ring being on anybody. There was no, no zoom-in on a camera for that ring, so... I was wondering if it was the guy from the Rolls-Royce dream, but I, I don't know if he had a ring on. I doubt I it, because he, he did. looked more poor. No, I don't yeah. think so, yeah. Unless, Wol- <laughs> unless Wolf and Out, like, really did well for him, I don't know. No. Uh, but afterwards, Granny makes Rosalina red shawl so that she turns into Red Riding Hood. So that we can have a Red Riding Hood story, because why not? Yeah. Oh, Metaphor. and we established that. Hold on, I I, I wrote down the, the the recipe. If you're born on Christmas with uh-huh. a unibrow and feet uh-huh. first, you are definitely a werewolf. No, that so makes just, sense. Yeah. If you know anyone like that, keep your eye on them. Yeah. Uh, so then Rosaline decides to yeah. go into the woods to go to Grandma's house. Like the Hot story. tip, if you know anyone born on the 25th of December, ask for their birthing video. It's very important. <laughs> so, Don't do that. So, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. as she's going into the woods, the amorous, boy, the, local yeah, the amorous boy starts to flirt with her again. He's like, oh, you're going into the woods? You should let me go with you so I can protect you. Look, I have a knife. And then Rosaline pulls out a bigger knife. She's like, you call that a knife? I'm here to shank a wolf. 
Yeah, like a way bigger knife. She has like a fucking half machete. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's got this little like tw- like Swiss Army knife that he's carving a little piece of wood with. And he's like, "Look, I'm I'm a big warrior. I got my big knife." She's like, "Get the fuck out of here." Look, I know how to stab. <laughs> I do so, think that it is meant to kind of emasculate him in a lot it of ways. Is. Like, she, oh, yeah, this it character, is. this Red Riding Hood character especially, becomes very empowered and he is, it shows how much she is beyond him, boy. He is mm-hmm. nothing to her. It's a long way through the woods. Let me come with you. You'll be safe with me. Go into the woods with you after what happened last time. Let me come. I'll protect you. I got a knife. Got this to protect me. So she goes into the woods and she meets a tr- hunter, a trapper, yeah, the huntsman, the huntsman uh, who yes. is putting the moves on her. Uh, very, very creepily. creepily. Very creepy. Yeah. He's a very fancy hunter that we should mention. He's dressed to the nines for this hunting trip. And, and he wants to show her something that's in his pocket that only she can see that's special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The film's not yeah. being subtle with it at all. It, po- it points him anywhere that he needs to go, and it pointed him directly to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that, of course, is... A compass. His penis. A compass. A compass. A compass. A compass. Uh, His big which... antique compass. So, so they decide to have a bet on who can get to Grandma's house first. For some reason. And she's like, okay, well, if I win, you give me that compass, because it's cool. Uh, and and if you win, I have to kiss you or whatever. I don't know. It's not going to happen. It was kiss. It was kiss. It was kiss. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. So, so then sure they... I'll kiss this 35-year-old man. <laughs> sure. So, so they do the bet, and the hunter makes it to Grandma's house first. Uh, he knocks on the door, and Angela Lansbury's like, who is it? Oh, it's just your granddaughter. Oh, great. Doing his best Monty Python woman voice. <laughs> yeah, Monty Python voice. Yeah, as, as we know, any any man that's sufficiently British, if they pitch up their voice, instantly becomes... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Monty Indistinguishable. Python. A small, a Indistinguishable. Small wave. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Only your granddaughter. Yeah, so, so he comes in, and she realizes, like, oh my god, it's a horrible murder wolf. And then we get a fucking cool as shit duel to the death between grandma and the wolf man <laughs> this is some weird shit man this yeah. is some weird shit Her he pulls out his long ass tongue mm-hmm. uh, yeah he's got the the shaggy dog tongue yes but practical effect it's look mm-hmm. it looks mm-hmm. awful but like in the way that they meant it to look awful. exactly like, it looks, it's distressing yeah. it's yeah. it is it's it's gross it's real gross and then we discover that Angela Lansbury was ceramic all along. Yeah, because after she tries to poke him with a red hot poker, he just grabs it with his hand. And then he just, like, very casually slaps his hand to the side and knocks her head off, which was porcelain. Yep, just yeah, sh- like knocks her head clean off and hits the fireplace and shatters. Which, if they did so much gore before with the transformation, I what? And, I and the head and the... The milk? I mean, it's Angela Lansbury. She's too classy for gore. Of course she's going to burst into porcelain. It makes sense. I, I'll I, buy I, it. I think that it's kind of a tie-in. So in the first dream, we didn't mention it as much when the sister is getting mauled. 
Um, all of the toys that were in the 1980s bedroom are in the woods. Yeah. So they come to life, like a teddy bear and all of her porcelain dolls that are creepy as shit. Oh my god, those porcelain mm-hmm. dolls. And different things like, like, god, I we need to post up pic- pictures of the dolls from this. Uh, porcelain dolls gives you, like, a specific mental image, and it's not that. It's very, very different. No. But I kind of feel like it's implied in a way, like, that that was the grandma, like, her being a witch and, like, there, all that. Her now that you mentioned the it, woods. there was a grandma porcelain doll with the round glasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. maybe that was supposed to be her dream version of her doll? That's Probably. true. I think yeah, so. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, that makes sense. I kind of felt like it was all of that. And th- I feel like the dolls never attacked her in that way. Like it might've been a misunderstanding in a way. And it, and again, like being out in the woods and having her own power and tying into that fourth dream and all that, I kind of feel like it's just maybe that, you know, like I said, she's all tied in with the dolls and like, that's kind of the feminine power thing. So then after, after he kills the doll grandma, (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Rosalie shows up. And then they do the whole, wow, what big teeth you have. What big arms you have to hug me with thing. Uh, mm. And the wolf attacks Rosaline, who pulls out the knife to shank him. Uh, which he very casually knocks out of her hand. And then the moment Rosaline gets a single, a single solitary fucking second to turn the tables, she pulls out a huge fucking rifle. It's his gun, no. too. Yeah, it's his, his gun. gun. <laughs> Yeah. And she's she's packing heat and she's ready to fire. I fucking love Rosaline in this story. She's so good. She's a <laughs> badass. Yep. So she she shoots the wolf in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then the transformation uh, begins. Yeah, which causes the transformation into a cute doggo. And well, then the tr- she's oh, well, it's ahead. the transformation from the cover. Uh just yeah. I wanted to mention that. With real the quick. mouth it's... coming out of the mouth. Yeah, the really creepy looking one. Mm-hmm. And and then she's like, oh, I didn't know wolves could cry. Maybe maybe you're not so bad after all, man who murdered my porcelain grandma. Yeah, that's the bit that kind of bothers me. Because she's like, well, I shot you, so I instantly forgive you for murdering the, my beloved grandma. Because she's feel bad <laughs> for him, I guess. Yeah. And, and yeah. then the dream after that is about the cat's wolf lady coming out of the well and being cared for by a priest. Oh, so that we missed. The, uh, she turns into a werewolf too, though we missed that part. At the yes. end, yes, she turns into a wolf at the end of that story. But we kind of oh. have like interjected in this one is also the story. Uh, like that's what Boix is saying is because because Rosalina this scene, is telling him the story of the the she wolf. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. They she do a the wolf. Story, you're right. You're right. They do mm-hmm. a story in this story in yes. this dream. Okay, yes. It's like three yeah. levels it's, deep. It, Look, it's hard to parse the exact flow of events. Yes. I'm sorry. But but the yeah. story of that is that a, a wolf gets injured by a hunter, gets cared for by a priest, and then she never forgets that she was cared for, I guess, even though she's a wolf. So she lives in their well in hell now. Yeah, she do. Yeah. The the well. The, <laughs> the, well. the hell well. Yeah. But the... I, I, there's a whole big kind of philosophical conversation between them here where she's asking him, she's like, well, are you one of us or are you one of them? Are you like a beast or are you a man? And he goes, well, 
maybe I'm a little of both. Maybe I'm neither. Like it kind of, yeah. I, I'm, he's like, I, I don't think that I'm part of that world at all. I, either one of them. And then they, so they have this conversation of like, is he a bad guy? And it's like, well, in some ways, yes. Am I a good guy? In some ways, yes. Like, it, so it kind of does that whole thing. Like when you're saying, I don't know what it's saying here. Is he good or bad? Like after she shoots him, I mean, he was even saying that his teeth were good to eat her with kind of thing. But then mm -hmm. it, it's because it, he's got layers, right? Like a it's that onion. kind of thing. Yeah. 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 An onion. <laughs> he's like a Shrek is what you're saying. Yes. What I'm saying is that he's a Shrek. I, this I is all a fairy tale. But... I don't think Shrek murdered Fiona's like grandmother. Are you sure? Uh, have you seen Shrek 2? <laughs> I don't Hello? I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's kind of what happens. Her grandmother is... <laughs> that's totally Shrek 2, actually. <laughs> no, you're totally wrong. That's kind of Shrek 2. I don't remember Shrek 2 very well, I guess. <laughs> Shrek 2 is the fairy grandmother that comes and, like, tries to subvert the thing and take over him. And okay, so, like, so the, the end message so, yeah, of Company of Wolves is. is exactly like Shrek 2. Shrek 2. Okay, okay, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, but at the end, Rosalina starts waking up, and that causes all the wolves to start running through everything that happened in the dreams, going through the forest, going through the land of her creepy fucking toys. And, and then yeah, they, they kind of go backwards through the film. Yeah, they literally run back up into the house that she's in, back up the stairs to her bedroom, through the fucking windows, through the walls, through the, the paintings. paintings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this this really wild sequence of these very the cute boys running so through happy. This, this house to go get pets and treats. Oh, and and then she so she wakes up. And that's the end with with some, I don't know, I guess there's a voiceover at the end that yes. tries to wrap it all together. I, I was actually looking this up. So, well, she, mm -hmm. she screams as one of the dogs leaps through the window and you, you you feel that she's screaming because she's worried the dog might get cut by that glass, obviously. Yeah. She's clearly not screaming because of terror or anything. Oh, God. Uh, no, no, no. But yeah, apparently what's what's being read at the end is an excerpt from Perrault's Le Petit Chaperon Rouge. So yeah. uh, one of the French versions of Little Red Riding Hood. Little Red Riding Hood, yeah. Okay. So you're saying I need to be smarter for this movie. Yes. Yes, yes. I think so. That's my mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I mean, that's the film. That's The Company of Wolves. It's... It's mostly a weird in and out dream sequence vignette tale oh, of metaphors about womanhood and men and sex and relationships and taking cool drugs and not being able to pet all the dogs. Hell wells, yeah. Hell well. I don't know what the hell wells about still. <laughs> Why do they have this well that goes to hell in the middle of their town that's full of bird shit? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I think that, uh, honestly, the one thing that I'm really getting from this is I feel that Urchin has subverted our podcast and actually brought us a good film that he I know, was pretending. I know. Yeah. <laughs> when did I say it was a bad movie? I didn't I show no. you the images from this film? Like, what, what that, about the images fair. didn't apply with a good movie? <laughs> yeah. Fair. It's, it's an interesting movie. It's something that afterwards leaves you with a lot of thoughts and questions. Yes. But not necessarily always in a bad way. Like, what the fuck? No. It was more like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, it's one of those what the fuck films that's like pleasantly yeah. what the fuck. Huh. It's like, oh, this is, this is like, I can puzzle through this. It's not like, oh yeah. my god, what the fuck is happening? It's, hmm, I wonder what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. this is a, 
to me, this is very much an art piece. You would, you sit down and watch this movie in the same way that you like sit down and watch, uh, like stare at a painting in an art gallery, kind of like going over all the little pieces of it mm-hmm. and going like, oh, what were they saying here? What were they saying there? And like, you'll never get a full picture of it, but just thinking about what they might have been trying to say and the context around when they were saying it and all that stuff is kind of interesting. Like, this is, again, this is super an art film. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is wildly art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sort of fun. I think a lot of people I know just assume is probably just I sit around in my dark basement watching all day. Yeah, and <laughs> to loop it back to my tale of seeing this in the, the uh, rental store, uh-huh this thing being labeled horror i oh, God. feels like a crime <laughs> oh, where do you put I, it because i remember That's walking past this on the shelf and thinking like oh that looks terrifying seeing that that mouth come out of a mouth you're thinking mm-hmm. like the fly the thing yes. that's yeah. the type of thing you're thinking of and instead you get like talks about you know I don't know, growing up in relationships, and it's fucking weird. It's not at all the horror that it's labeled. There's just horrific elements. Yeah, I mean, the transformations definitely, yeah. you could put those in any werewolf movie, and they'd be right, they'd, they'd fit Absolutely. right, in fact, be better than almost every other werewolf movie, especially of the era. It's, mm-hmm. that, that's, it, those bits are so strange in context of the rest of the movie. Yeah. I love them, I have... but it's just they don't fit, almost. Yeah, I have mm. to agree with Urchin about what what Urchin said with this right away. His reaction was, though, where do you put it? I don't know. I, the horror you... aisle feels wrong, though. I guess. Yeah. But like, also, what, what feels right? Yeah. I, I kind of feel Make like... Make a new I section. Like you, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you have to put this in horror only because of the transformation sequences. And not because it's accurate to that, but if you're going to have parents come in and complain, like, you can't right. really put this elsewhere because this... it. Those transformation sequences are fucking wild. Like, some of them are real gross, and I don't think that you can Look, really show that if, without if labeling it If you put this in another section, and you kept the, it, but you kept the cover the same, I, if, 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 a, if an adult rented that movie with that cover for their kids, that's their own damn fault. That is their fault. <laughs> yeah, but you can't explain that to parents, Look, man. I can't I imagine being a blockbuster employee and having to explain... Why the fuck did I rent this goddamn movie? And I'm like, I don't know. You picked it. (laughs) Ilan, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Parents will still rent those things and complain. Like, God, just a quick, quick little aside here. When I I went to see Pan's Labyrinth in theaters when it came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so many fam, there were a whole bunch of families that brought their kids to that R-rated movie. Very obvious R. And they were so pissed. It's like, what were you expecting? I, I, that my dad rented. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, my I dad rented Fire in the Squ- Sky for me twice as a kid. Oh, cool! <laughs> Hans Labyrinth was actually advertised as a children's film in some places, so I think that's, that's partly the advertising. Fair. Problem. It still has an R rating yeah. right on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, that that's Company of Wolves. Uh, it's a it's a thinker. It's a yeah. thinker. this is a movie that I could talk about for a long time. Um, but let's let's get to the the real meat of the podcast. The real hair inside of our, mm-hmm. uh, the real unibrow those, let's rate those the dogs. hell in the well yeah <laughs> yeah the hell in the well so there's a lot of dogs oh there's shitloads of them oh my god i i, I think there are there any like there's like the she-wolf dog i guess 
There's mm-hmm. the big bad wolf, and then there's just a, an amalgam of random dogs in a pack. <laughs> yeah, that's like, like the one. Three. Yeah, there's like one actual wolf-looking wolf in the film. Oh, there's also the French dog. Oh, the French dog, the tiny little one. Yeah. Yeah, the little toy dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, let's start with French dog, little tiny toy dog. Loves to eat food at a at a rich people's wedding. Doesn't really give a shit if its owners turn into wolves and run away. That's a good uh, dog. Yeah, it, it's 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 a mix up. I appreciate the mix up on dogs. So like, not everything's yeah. wolves. We get this other thing. So yeah, that that gives up some points for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a guillotine the rich out of ten dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. But leave their dogs alone. Their dogs oh, are innocent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, their dogs are innocent. Dogs can't uh, be rich. There's she wolf who dances around like a cat's actor. Um, I I don't know that dog. Wait, dogs can't be rich. Well. You should see millionaire dogs. <laughs> we need to no, we need I've to watch millionaire there. dogs at the end. <laughs> but okay, so she wolf uh, lives in their well now. Dog. Uh, I don't know what the hell's up with she wolf. I don't know what she wolf's plan is here. Uh, but you know, still good, cute dog. I mean, yeah, you know, I. Th- Considering the art and parable of all of this movie, I'm going to have to give it a slowly unfurling white rose with a drop of blood hitting it and turning it red. That could mean anything. Yeah, that could mean anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, of course, the big bad wolf. Uh, Kind of a weird, creepy dick. I don't don't really like this dog at all. I think this dog's like an 8 out of 10. It's not even close to a 10 out of 10 dog. No, yeah, no. Hmm. Although, I I guess maybe in wolf form, he's just more... Uh, agreeable because she goes with him at the end if you recall rosalina oh, yeah. does turn into a dog and then run run into the woods with him that's true yeah, we, i think we, that we, was we a forgot mistake about that bit i think that was a mistake possible like maybe maybe he's just shitty as a dude and as a dog he's great yeah and then all the dogs that will literally burst through the wall to try and get pets <laughs> And the paintings well, and the windows; those are good dogs. Just oh, yeah, one no, moment. Those... I didn't. I didn't actually get to to rate the Huntsman dog. Oh yeah, I go on sorry. Go ahead. That. I do yeah. want to mention that. I just had to do some quick calculations here. You might have heard mm-hmm. me typing. Add the puppy um, factor. I'm, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm carrying zeros. Uh, it has to. It's got to be a six out of ten for me. Um, oh, okay. Which is the number of layers that it has because it's going to match up with the Shrek films because that dog's a fucking Shrek. <laughs> I see. There we go. That's pretty scientific. Yeah, I can accept that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had yeah. to get the Shrek factor in there. I'm sorry. We needed to do the, the Shrek mm-hmm. equation. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us, Urchin. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I guess just my Twitch, uh, evil underscore Urchin on Twitch. Uh, I stream Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. During the week, it's all dead by daylight. And on Saturday, me and Devious Vacuum usually play a Warhammer game of some kind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. y'all should check out Urchin Stream, 100%. Uh, we also have social media. You can check us out on co-host at Rough Cuts. Uh, mm-hmm. We also are technically still on Twitter. Uh, you can yeah. uh, <laughs> check us out on TikTok at Rough Cuts Cast. And email us at roughcutscast at gmail.com if you ever want to get in touch with us or send us any fan mail or art or anything like that. That's a great place to do it. Um, again thanks to all we have the patrons Patreon. and stuff that yeah all the patrons that help us do this because a lot of the times we do have to pay for subscriptions and things like that thank you evil urchin for the shutter and everything yeah. so, mm-hmm. no problem you know, uh, and that. also if you have shutter make sure to watch your weekly one cut of the dead mm-hmm. and oh joe bob's God, last drive-in 
That's true. God, it's so good. Um, I, I think I think that's it for this episode. So, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, I think we're all gonna go have a, have a nap with our creepy dolls and uh, LSD and see what. See yeah, what I was gonna say I'm gonna go beds. pop some. I'm gonna go pop some acid, surround myself by a bunch of stuffed animals and mirrors, and take a nice just, gentle nap. Just see what happens. <laughs> see how many layers I can get in myself. I'm trying to go six deep. <laughs> All right. See you next time. Bye. I think she's like someone from Persona, one of the one of the the Velvet Room people. Oh, she invented jazz. Oh, here, take my finest drugs. Here, have, just have a <laughs> have my vial of LSD.